Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Well, Mara, The Young and the Restless is coming back to the airwaves, and happily, we will get to see it again on August 10th. In the new issue on sale now, we have exclusive interviews with the show's executive producer, Tony Marina, about how things have changed on the set since filming began in the time of the coronavirus, and a story preview from head writer and co-executive producer, Josh Griffith. And I mean, it definitely looks like they're going to hit the ground running. We're going to see the fallout from the reveal that Adam committed a murder in Kansas all those years ago. Devon is going to bond with Amanda, which may get the Elena and Devon fans a little rattled. Phyllis and Abby will face off. And we will see a lot of action in the summer Kyle, Lola, Theo grouping. You know, I think YNR has done such a fantastic job uh, curating their weeks of throwback episodes. They There oh, yeah. were such gems in there uh, and true fan favorite shows. But as enjoyable as their dip into the vault has been, of course, to have new episodes on the air is what we've all been waiting for. And uh, my favorite thing in that cover story you're talking about is is that the show plans to take advantage of the fact that one of their fictional couples, the aforementioned uh, Alina and Devon, is played by a real life couple, Brittany Sarpy and Brighton James, who will still get to share on-screen kisses while the rest of Genoa City will be doing some subtle social distancing. Right? That is a big bonus for them, for sure. Also in the new issue is an exit interview with Greg Vaughn, who opted out as Days' Eric. Um, I spoke to Greg, who, you know, gave a really, like, honest interview. You know, he admitted that he really felt as though he was a glorified extra in everyone else's storyline and really didn't see that changing so much, even though Eric and Nicole have finally gotten together and gotten married. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't really feel connected anymore and just felt that the time was right for him to go. He's also relocating to North Carolina to be with his fiancée, Angie Harmon, and her girls. He'll be with his sons, so they're they're blended Brady Bunch family over there. (laughs) And it's really a new chapter for him. He's also returning to Queen Sugar when that show resumes production. That interview is a really great read uh, for Dave's fans. Greg, as you said, really, uh, really was candid and, and it was an emotional piece for sure. Now we've talked about so many Dave's casting changes over the past few weeks, but now it is GH's turn. 
So yes, it is. As fans learned this past Monday when GH returned to the air, Dominic Zampronia is back as Dante. Uh, so we will be seeing a lot more regarding his psychological journey as well uh, as presumably his physical journey back to Port Charles from Switzerland in the coming weeks. Also on air this week, Lindsay Hartley, known for her roles on Passion's Days and All My Children, made her debut as a temporary fill-in in the role of Sam. Uh, Sam's portrayer, Kelly Monaco, is on a short leave but will be back on screen quite soon. And lastly, daytime new- newcomer Brianna Lane made her debut this week as well as a temporary replacement for Brooke Lynn because, surprise, Amanda Seton, her portrayer, is rather pregnant and is taking an early maternity leave. Uh, Amanda told me that she was really excited to get back to work, but with baby number three on the way, she's following her doctor's advice to step away until after giving birth uh, out of an abundance of caution. And she said she's already looking forward to her return, but can't wait to see what Brianna does with the role of Brooklyn in the meantime. Well, I mean, it's all very exciting and bottom line, actually just exciting to have news to talk about. Yes. <laughs> Another exit that came as a surprise was Courtney Hope as Bold and Beautiful Sally. Uh, Courtney went on social media to say her time on the show had wrapped for now. You know, hopefully she'll be back or some other show will snap her up. You know, she is quite a talent. And I really thought we would be seeing more for Sally now that she was busted, you know, like a redemption arc or something like that. Listen, I know uh, General Hospital's Michael is busy at the moment and a new marriage to Willow and nursing heartache over to Sasha. But since Courtney lives with his portrayer, Chad Duell, maybe GH would be wise to grab her and then Michael and whoever Courtney played could kiss just like Elena and Devon. Uh, But seriously, I do hope she winds up back on a soap sooner rather than later. She is a really gifted performer. And I have to agree with you. I did not think that Sally being busted was going to be the end for the character. I thought there was a lot of story left to tell with her. And I know many B&B fans thought there was potential for Sally and Thomas to rekindle things and like wreak havoc all over the Foresters and the Spencers. I did too. Now, a couple that has made their way back to each other is YNR's Nick and Phyllis. And we have the two actors who comprise the very popular fic pairing, Michelle Stafford and Joshua Morrow. So let's check in with them and see how things are going. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Joshua. Hey, how's it going? Hey. Good. How are you? Good. Yeah, just trying to get by in these uh, crazy conditions. Well, so first tell us, how were the past few months for you? What have they been like? Michelle, would you like to go first? Oh, um, uh, it was, it was, you know, it, a good, I actually had a good time, you know, and I, I feel a bit like an ass saying that because so many people are suffering. So, so, um, but, you know, I, I tried to make it good. I was home with my kids and um, I, it, I did start getting a little sharp. I call it sharp with them around June. I started getting a little sharp, mm-hmm. but uh, I, you know, got to spend some, some time with my kids and I, you know, like I, I'm, I just feel very, very fortunate that, um, you know, I, uh, I didn't get sick and, um, and my whole family is staying healthy. And, and so I really, really feel fortunate, you know, very good. Yeah, for me, it's, you know, very similar. Um, the first month was actually pretty scary just because you're a parent, you know, you don't, you don't really know how to explain to your, you know, your small children uh, and Michelle's kids are very young, you know, kind of what's going on and the new, you know, guidelines and how we have to live. And at that point, it everything, all the data was super scary. Like, you know, everyone's gonna get it. And it's, you know, your kids are 
you're hearing that and you're like, you can't go anywhere. We, everybody's staying to, and, you know, there was just a, it was a tough thing to have to uh, try and guide your small children through. Um, and then we kind of uh, got into the schedule and, and kind of the, uh, you know, the day-to-day operation of it and, and what the new normal was going to be in our house. And uh, um, then it kind of became cool, you know? I mean, again, it's difficult to say that because of what was going on around the world, but, you know, I've never had four months at home with my family where you do nothing, you know, it was just games and playing outside and, you know, just, you know, being together, which you never got to do. I mean, even our kids' lives are so crazy scheduled. And then if you take away work and pretty much all entertainment, all you have is each other. So uh, you were just basically, uh, you know, you know, counting on your family to help uh, everyone get through it. And, uh, and, and like Michelle said, we were very blessed with no, none of us got sick and just kind of we're waiting around, I guess. And now the world's opening up a little bit, but it's still pretty, uh, pretty dicey out there. I'm curious, you know, it had, it had been for both of you so long since you'd had that kind of break from work. Did you find yourself like reaching for phantom Y&R scripts to memorize? Like, what was that aspect of it like for you? Um, no, I, uh, you know, I, I missed, it's funny, Michelle and I had a conversation about this yesterday. I, I greatly missed the people. Like I, I, my relationships with, you know, everyone on the show and the crew, uh, I, I, Maddie Kane, like, you know, the, the people that, um, that you loved being around, I missed them. I missed that. Um, but I didn't necessarily miss working every day, all day. Like it was a, an incredible time. If you could, if you could go back 20 years, 20 years ago, and somebody said to you, 20 years from now, we're going to just give you four months at home with your family. And you, you would have been like, what, really? But obviously the environment was scary and whatever, but, you know, we just tried to make the best of it and, 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 you know, just enjoyed each other in that time. And, and it was, it was good, but, uh, you know, we're back to work now and getting back into that, that schedule was really difficult at first, but you know, now we're, now we're back and it's all good to go. Did you ever have um, one of these conversations with your kids, like, you know, my son likes to be in the middle of the staircase and like leap down to the ground or like they're building forts and stuff. And I'm like, you do not do that. Jameson, you do not do that because if you break your leg, I am not taking you to the hospital. There is a pandemic going on. Oh, for sure. I, you know, I have three uh, little maniac sons. So they know at the uh, Santa Monica urgent care and emergency <laughs> rooms by first name at this point, uh, many broken arms and stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I had to tell, you know, them, everyone's like, you cannot get hurt right now. Like I need everyone to just chill out. And, you know, I mean, goodness gracious, I have a 17 and 15 year old now, and they're just wailing on each other, and <laughs> beating the crap out of the 12 year old. And I'm like, guys, please, no one's getting hurt. Cause I'm going to have to fix this with WD 40 and like duct tape. So let's just, let's be mellow. Oh my God. I mean, I've been a couple of times really um, shocked that child services hasn't come knocking on the door because <laughs> you know, like my, my daughter being a 10 year old and, and I don't want to say that it's gender specific, it, but she's, a, she, you know, she just gets it more right. What's going, what's going on. Their reactions are very different. My four year old, you know, we'll go to the store. Like we went, got the container store and 
you know, I have a talk with him. It's the virus. He goes, I know it's the virus. And we go in, I'm like, you have to stay right next to mommy. And it, it, of course he's running around, but not only that, he's like rolling around on the ground, sure. you know, at the target, rolling around on the ground, I, you know, and I gloves. And I'm like, there is, we are in the middle. You get up right now. No, we are in the middle of a pandemic. Like, I just wonder like how parents are walking by. Like we are in the middle of a pandemic. You get up right now. Oh, that's, that was what was so difficult with my seven-year-old daughter who is life of the party. She's got a million friends. She's like a social butterfly. And honestly, after about six weeks, it didn't matter what we said. Her eyes would tear up and she's, she'd be like, I know coronavirus. Like it was just a jerk. Oh. Like that was <laughs> the reason for every no. And she just, it, she, she just had enough of, of hearing that as an excuse. Often I made a conscious effort to like turn off the news. We were just going to kind of shut everything off and just, you know, be there and not, that as a, a reason for what was going on anymore so it's just that was the hardest part is the little kids you know the teenagers they just they hate you anyway they're like you're, you're cutting my life off i don't get to see my friends and my girlfriend or drive my cars but the little ones they're the ones who they get scared by it you know and it was just it was it was crazy 20 years from now I, we're all going to look back and and you know remember this time and there's you know there's gonna be some emotional fallout from it with children yeah you know, and it's yeah for sure hard it, it's for sure it's really tough on our babies everybody gets that it's it's i i and you you see it come out in different ways too it's it's so tough on the babies so i mean all those other parents out there i mean i totally feel you it is i mean and not being able to go back to school but then the parents have to work. Oh, it, it's just so, so tough on, on everyone. Yeah. Well, did you happen to catch any of YNR's classic episodes while you were home? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was it like to see them again? And the, the blast from the past of just the bad hairstyles alone is just <laughs> amazing. But um, I mean, right at the time I was really feeling myself. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like yeah, I'm like, I am crushing things with that bad Bob. Look at me. Joshua, they pulled a lot of old stuff, like back to like Amy, you know, like pre-Sharon. Yeah, I was like, dang, I was not that much. <laughs> but you I sure thought so I was. Adorable. That's so wrong. You were so adorable. Oh my God. I I mean, because I I started, I think, like six months after you, or like I don't know, eight months, not not even a, a year. And I remember like, like, oh yeah, that kid. <laughs> that kid. With the bad bob. What is he doing? <laughs> Oh and why, he's wearing a yin and yang necklace. What is he doing? <laughs> I think you always had the perfect hair for the moment, Joshua. I stand for him. Yeah, you know, I yeah, I that's I I I have I feel like I've had more hairstyles than the women. Like I get a lot of uh, a lot of flack on that. I mean, I've really gone through the the whole spectrum of interesting lids. <laughs> <laughs> you're almost compelling us 
us to do like a two-page feature of all your hairstyles. Really <laughs> should. How do you not? If you go back, you will see I have hit and checked almost every box outside like a perm. Like you should put them all. You will find I wager in my 26 years, you will find a solid 30 different like haircuts, hairstyles. Uh, like legitimately, man, it's uh, it's it's amazing. Good luck. It'll be fun. I don't think two pages is going to cut it, Steph. We, we might have to rethink this. It might not. <laughs> you have to use really small font, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is hilarious. Well, so obviously, as we know, YNR is back in production. What was the feeling like for you, your first day back at at the old office? It was really weird because our studio is like this really lighthearted, nurturing, fun environment. And, uh, you know, everybody's together and they're, we're hugging and laughing. And um, then you have to come back and it's like isolation, like crazy amounts of it. Like we're really not supposed to leave our dressing room ever. There's no more like communal areas to like hang out and catch up or run lines. I mean, think about how much time you spent running lines. Now you go out to the patio and do it which is just a different, you know, vibe, but um, just, it's almost like sterile. Like the hallways are really quiet and spooky. It's weird, man. Um, I mean, but we are so appreciative to, to come back to work, you know, um, uh, but it, it's just a different environment and one that I'm not super fond of yet, but uh, I, it make, gives me hope though, that we can eventually go back to the big, you know, kind of family atmosphere that we've had for so long. It's honestly like a like there's there's checkpoints everywhere and like like it's it's interesting, man. I mean, just everybody's being so so super careful because we're really trying to be um, really committed to making this work, and it requires a great deal of effort on so many people's parts. And so far, I think our show has been doing a really good job with it. Yeah, I mean, they really have. I commend them. They they worked really hard prior to us coming back, right? And um, yeah, everybody's very careful. I mean, it's great to be back. I'm, I, you know, I don't know if I've brought this up because more we talked a lot when I was on GH, right? And I don't know if I brought this up to you, but I'm a, a very odd, inappropriate crier. And, um, <laughs> you know, like I, I can get information that someone passed and be totally numb. And then I think, and I'm and, and not cry at a funeral and not cry and not cry. And then I can be, you know, at a party somewhere and someone says something that, and, and I fall apart and, and it's a very, and I can't c- control it. Right. It's a very odd thing about me now in, in my um, older years. I don't know, like, and I'm not a pretty crier. Like I'm a crazy ass projectile, ugly face crier now. You know, and so that's all awesome. So uh, uh, that said, that said, um, I felt very emotional about coming back. I felt like, uh, okay, I have to contain my my tears right now because I am inappropriately crying right now. <laughs> what a crybaby! <laughs> <laughs> but but I I mean, it's just been emotionally a very difficult time in the world. Everything that has gone on, it's been very, very um, hard for people and very emotional for people. As we all know, it's been a very, very, very intense time. And 
you can't just skate through that, that as a human being, like this affects us all. Right. And, um, so, so when we were doing the promos that, Hey, we're coming back. I could not stop crying. And Brendan was like, do you need a tissue? Because I just had so many fans, you know, I do those, uh, that thing cameo. And so many people were like, you know, we're just waiting for <laughs> yeah, a little, there's a little plug. Um, there, so we're waiting for it to come back and, and it gives so many people joy and, um, and I feel them, you know, like I feel I, I've been there when I've been going through tough times in my life and like a TV show gives me joy or music gives me joy. It's, um, very real. And so I, 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 I feel emotional about that. I'm, I'm weird. I shed nary a tear. <laughs> <laughs> Not one. Wow. Cry uh, baby and the robot. That's who we're dealing with here. Yeah. I'm an oak. <laughs> now, had the two of you stayed in touch during the uh, shutdown? Yeah. Yeah, we texted uh, quite a bit. Um, you know, uh, Stafford is a homie, and we uh, we we stay in touch a lot. And uh, she's definitely one of the uh, one of the few people that uh, I'm one of the lucky few that yeah. I'm one of the lucky few that Josh decided to communicate with. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm normally like the Unabomber, like hidden away, you know, working on my uh, you know my, my manifesto. But no, uh, we would talk a lot. Uh, you know, just kind of we would share stories about what our kids were doing in this crazy time. And, you know, and, Oh my God, I sent Josh, I took a screenshot. Oh my God, this is just ridiculous. I went Phyllis and, um, uh, Nick got married and there's a shot of us. <laughs> <laughs> there's a shot of us coming through into the, the Pepe's Roadhouse, and Phyllis is wearing that wedding gown, the wedding thing. It wasn't really a gown, a wedding dress with her skin belly and <laughs> skin tight and a, and a cowboy jacket and a cowboy hat. And I'm looking so like jovial. And <laughs> behind me with some fucking cowboy, this whole cowboy thing. Uh, not No no disrespect to cowboys. God, no. No, no. no. Disrespect to cowboys. And I took a screenshot and I just sent it to Josh with, uh, and I just wrote under it, no. Yeah, she was, <laughs> yeah, no, no. We had a lot of fun with that story, man. If you remember also, Nick, like, I think I like saved a a, a, a church or something. You, yeah, burning building, right? Yeah, so the whole scene, I had all this soot on my face. So I literally look like, like Tom Hanks from Castaway. Like my skin, <laughs> Is all it's just crazy. It was just so funny. We got married and we were dancing. It was, it was good times, good times. Yeah, those are so fun. Yeah. The important thing is that your hair wasn't singed in the fire. Let me just say. Correct. Correct. No. The hair was perfect. Yes. Good. <laughs> well, so let's let's go back into history a little bit. You know, I'm curious, like you had both been fixtures um on the show for a long time before Nick and Phyllis got romantically involved. So were you two buddies, like even back when your storylines didn't cross or did you not know? We were total homies. Yeah. I mean, total homies. 
And you know what? I was thinking of you the other day, Josh. I was thinking of you the other day, Josh. Ooh, it looks- and <laughs> I was I in a thinking- jacuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> of you when remember how you used to impersonate every single person yeah right don't do that (laughs) well what happened and he was like spot on and then i remember i said wait a second do you do me and he's like oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh honestly the world has gotten so sensitive you have to be very careful about, uh, you know, impersonations now. Yeah, I kind of put that on uh, the back burner. I may bring out the impersonation. I hope so. It was really funny. He's very good. He's very good at it. But okay. well, maybe at the end of the podcast, he'll, he'll grace us. I hope. Yeah, maybe. Uh, now, Joshua, did you have any trepidation back then when the show was going to pair Nick and Phyllis because of the fan feeling about Nick and Sharon. Hell no, he wanted to hit this. I wanted to hit it hard. Um, no kidding you. So, you know, yeah, listen, the 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 Schick fans are a very, very feisty bunch. Like, uh, you got to be very careful with them. Um, but, uh, you know, I kind of saw the, saw it kind of unfolding, but you know, Nick and Phyllis never even crossed paths. Like you've done the show for years. It was, she was on a completely different Island, you know? Um, but then, you know, the breadcrumbs were starting to get left around. And I remember in the commissary telling Michelle Stafford, I said, Hey, you know, we're going to be getting naked soon. She's like, no, we're not. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's going to happen. She's like, well, how? And I go, I don't know. I think it's going to happen. And several months later, you know, Daniel, Kill like got well, you know was involved with Cassie and you know Phyllis needed to save Nick's life by using her body, so she did. <laughs> and off it went like electricity, man. It was crazy. It was so awesome. It was like such a hot story. I mean, it was it was honestly that's when we really told hot triangles and uh relation we were crushing it in that day you know and it was it was good man it was it was really must watch television i thought it's honestly my favorite storyline ever is when nick and phyllis started hooking up and the the fallout with sharon on it it was a great well-written awesomely played triangle Mm-hmm. Agree. Yeah, totally. Um, Michelle, what about you? Were you nervous about ruffling the uh, Schick fans' feathers? Oh, I didn't. I mean, I don't. Um, I love fan bases. I think they're important. I think you know. Listen, fan soap fans, as you know, are the the best fans anywhere. So I I think if people are passionate about it, even passionately hate something, I think that's a good thing. I think. Um, uh, being, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Complacent is the enemy, you know? Uh, so I, I love that people, even if they don't, um, aren't a fan of me, if they're like passionately a fan of the show and a fan of, of not, uh, wanting, uh, Phil's Nick, uh, it's, it's something, <laughs> you know, like if you're like, oh, that's a storyline. Oh, ho hum. I mean, that's not what you want. You want people to, to love it. But at the time I, you know, we didn't have, we weren't, um, 
privy to what fans had to say, right? And and um, now, you know, with social media, it's coming right to you if you're on social media, right? And um, so I didn't pay much attention, you know, and I and I still don't because um, I just think that's to to know too many uh, other opinions about what you do will um, really hurt your work. I, I've seen it happen to actors before where they come in, they're all free. And then like they hear, they get this barrage and people don't dig them. And then they start like recoiling a little bit. It's, um, it, it's not, it's, it, it doesn't really serve you, you know, as an actor. So um, I'm, I'm just happy. Listen. And, and a lot of people think that I'm lying when I'm, or I'm happy to have a job for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, my God, look, we're working. It's we're as and now, right? It's like, damn, I am really, really happy to come and and do this and not make out with Josh. <laughs> Just an added bonus. Win-win. <laughs> right. Well, certainly the fans did react very well to this pairing. You know, were you surprised at the time that it turned into like a long-term relationship? Like, did you think it was going to be sort of a blip or an affair? Yeah. Oh God. Or did you? Know? I think we both one hundred percent. I mean, I think that Phyllis and and Nick went back and forth. I think they were married like four different times, right? And yeah, I was I was really surprised. I I really I'll just say I really like working with Josh. I really I like him as a person. It helps. I've never not liked anybody I work with, but I think there's something about our personalities as Michelle and Josh that work together well too. Um, I I don't know if you feel that way, Josh, but I think that- I 100% that- would love working with me too. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm great. Uh. No, oh my God, listen. We're in a we're in a very serious business. It's serious out there. Really? <laughs> the the product. It's the product is very serious. So what I love about Stafford is, you know, we just we're we're just two giant fraternity brothers running around Nerd. making this shit work. <laughs> like it's fun. Like I I she just, you know, she's good time, Charlie, man. I I she Anybody would say that, you know, uh, we, it, and that's part of the reason why it works. You know, if you would have said two years into my job, we're going to put Nick and Phyllis together and it's going to have this essentially 20 year run of back and forth and I'd be like, what? But the reason it works is because we are, we are hysterical together. <laughs> no, it's just, a, yeah, it's a good time. And we're, you know, we're professional and all that, but, but, um, and then when it's go time, where it's like, we're both like, uh, I think in, in a good way, competitive in a good way, you know, not like you must die for me to win competitive, but like, you know, we're, we're, com- we have a competitive nature about us. And so like, we don't want to be the one that f-ks up the scene, you know, we don't want to, it's like, you know, I throw like a curveball out there and he always, always catches it. And I really love that about Josh. Like if I just do something in the scene that, you know what I mean? Like when I say a curveball, I just, I do something that he wouldn't expect and I, and he always catches it. It's, it's great. It's, it's really fun. Yeah. And just hammering that home is you got to really be on your toes to work with Michelle. Cause 
uh, her unpredictability is one of her greatest qualities out there. Um, and I, I look forward to it. It's, it can be a challenge at times, but it is always a rock solid performance and you don't know what you're going to get. And there's something very, very cool about that. You know, you can work with people who, you know, this is what I'm going to get on this beat. It's going to be this and this and this. And there's obviously a greatness about that as well. But I really love that with Michelle, I don't know what's coming. And I, I like I like that part of the game. It's fun. Mm-hmm. One of uh, Nick and Phyllis's, uh, they, they had a lot of very hot love scenes back in the beginning, as we were saying. But I'm curious if you remember when they had a literal role in the hay and they got it on in the barn. I would like to know on a scale of one to 10, how uncomfortable it is to work on that straw. It's not fun. No, it, what? Oh, it was comfortable. Well, because <laughs> we're fully, we're mostly clothed. And you remember when they finally got it, it was like a wool blanket. So now you add in wool, which I already hate, wool <laughs> along with straw that's sticking through it. Uh, not great. Not great, man. So, uh, I think Michelle is caught up in the emotion of being naked with me, which is I, yeah, coloring her remember, <laughs> you know, the, her memory of it. But it's not good. It's not, listen, nobody needs to get naked on straw and wool. No. Noted. Highly recommend. <laughs> Stephanie, Mara. Yeah, if you take anything from this, do not get naked on straw and wool and floss regularly. There you go. Thanks so much for that. Good to know. Now, Michelle, how do you think falling in love with Nick changed Phyllis or what it brought out of her? Um, It made her softer, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it was a a very different uh, relationship to Jack where they seemed to, to like be two business people almost. Although that is a very, that was a very fun uh, a thing to play as well. And, you know, everybody, we all love the great Peter Bergman. I mean, my God. Um, and, uh, but, but it, it, I, I, especially at the time they kept on, like they were fighting over Victor a lot, I think at the time. And I think it made her, made the character doctor and less edgy, the Nick and Phyllis pairing. I don't know what it was about it, but it did make her softer. And Joshua, what about you? How do you think Nick evolved as a result of, of falling in love with this one? Funny, uh, because the, the, the feeling that I always got from the pairing was that Phyllis gave Nick humility. Because with Sharon, he was always in charge and controlling her life and being very, like, Victor-esque with her. And, you know, even when they were, like, necessarily, even today, even when they're not together, Nick can be very controlling over Sharon. But what Phyllis did for Nick when Cassie died was she saved his life. He was going down a a really dark place and Phyllis saved his life. And for the first time in Nick's life, he realized that he needed someone else. I I feel like he always was very cocky, this hot-headed guy filled with a lot of hubris. and, And what Phyllis did was made him realize dude, you, you need something else. It can't just be you. And she saved his life. So I, I think that's, that was the overriding thing that I took from the relationship. Mm-hmm. Now, one of your storylines brought you to Paris, as in like really Paris, not like fake Paris that other shows go to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what were your standout memories of traveling to France? 
Uh, well, Josh, I think <laughs> I'll let jo I'll go first, and I know one of Josh's <laughs> favorite moments about that trip. Um, but I, uh, I, I mean, I felt really. I, you know, it was a whole story of Sharon and Nick getting back together, and uh, that would play out like for a year and a half or something like that. And, and I was just happy to be invited, you know, honestly. And again, again, I scored a trip with the show and I think we were there 10 days and I think I only worked two days. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it was only so two of the 10. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember I'd come to the, the, the set to do my thing and he's like, dude, what time did you get up? Like <laughs> it was really, I mean, I was like really honored to score the trip and, you know, we had dinners together. Uh, all, it was really fun, but, uh, now you, Josh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Cause you know, I, we, with the time change, there was, I could never get my body right ever. I mean, I was like a, I was a zombie for the first five days of it. Like I just could never get the sleep right and whatever. And then uh, unlike uh, the Stafford, I did not just have to work two days. I worked all day, every day. And then when we were done, we went and did like Parisian talk shows and interviews. I mean, it was a grind, um, but that never once like, uh, you know, made me regret going. It was an incredible experience and, um, you know, I got to take my wife and it was, you know, I, I didn't get to see her much. You know, she was out enjoying the Parisian sights and whatever. And she would come back and I'd be like asleep at like five o'clock and then have to wake up at night. And she'd be like, oh, my God, I just went and saw this. I was like, oh, how nice. That is amazing. <laughs> um, but it was it was cool. I mean, the my gosh, the the footage we got from that uh, stuff was just mind blowing. And uh you know, it was, it's an experience I'll never forget in my 26 years that we did, that we got to do that. It was just spectacular. I'm curious what you, what you're, what you're uh, alluding to. Okay. There was uh we're all out to dinner. I think it was one of our last oh my nights. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> okay. I'm going to jump in now. Cause I can't believe I've got this. We're at a long, beautiful dinner. There's just, monster wines being thrown around and we're making toast and then <laughs> thing you know michelle's hair gets lit on fire <laughs> this is the part that i think is hilarious about that he thinks it's hilarious <laughs> i mean i don't know what what do you put in your hair kerosene i mean nothing like a roman candle man but we all got her wits about us and, and, and saved your life. It was. And put me out. Yeah, she put me out. Dude. I was, I went to hug someone across the table and there were a bunch of candles and the candle took my hair, but I had so much product on it. So that but I remember it. I heard, I heard that. Right. And I got it out and all, and Josh is across from me. And all I see is he's dying laughing, <laughs> dying laughing. And Toby, Toby is Josh's wife. For those of you who don't, Toby's like, oh my God, why are you laughing? <laughs> I just see Josh dying. Like he couldn't, 
you really couldn't stop for 30 minutes. <laughs> I know. How's, what a supportive co-star you are. It, it, it was funny at the time. Now looking back, girls. Yeah. No, it was, it was funny. That's and that. I of course that would be the only reason I tell it because it is. But I had so much girls that let there be a lesson. The more product you have on your hair, the less it will burn. I would. I would lose my mind. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like none of my hair just kind of got a little. You know how it how it gets at the end all a little wire wiry but that's it, it mm-hmm. but the whole thing it was just it was just burning off the product all the way I remember we had to go and do this like this like the equivalent i want to say like a like a letterman or something where all these parisian co-hosts are laughing and whatever yeah. we're the good and the audience is going crazy laughing and they're laughing and we're just sitting there and then they would like translate it for us and something was clearly lost in the translation because we we're like oh, that's that's so funny like <laughs> it was <laughs> such a weird like i wish i had video of us not on the show in between like what is going on like it's so funny <laughs> and my, i'm such a smart ass too i would be like I was such a smart ass. I've changed though. <laughs> I've really matured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I could attest. Uh, Michelle, you you mentioned that uh, Nick and, and Phyllis have gotten married multiple times. Not all of them were valid, you know, you know how it goes. Um, but do you have a favorite wedding of theirs, or at least one that you would say was like the most memorable? From a behind the scenes perspective? Well, I think the Pepe's Roadhouse one from a behind the scenes perspective. Yeah, I mean that one, it was just, it was, it was funny. It was funny and fun. And um yeah, I think that's that one would be my favorite one. I mean, it's definitely the best one because I mean, I mean, what a surprise in the middle of it, Nick leaves the wedding and goes off and saves the whole town by by putting out a fire. And, and he was such a, it, it, what an amazing coincidence. And then we had the- Again, <laughs> then we had again the, no disrespect for cowboy, to cowboys, but I just, I never understood the, um, the Western aspect to it, to Nick and Phyllis. Like all of a sudden, supposedly she loved Western music, she loved country music, and she could country line dance. I mean, I, out of nowhere, I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pregnant country line dancing is so hot right now. So hot right now. <laughs> I suspect she was just going in the opposite direction of Danny Romilotti and his. Yeah. Music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey right. And we kids, had Trace Rock and roll. Rock on. <laughs> Remember when we had Trace Atkins on and he sang? Yeah, he was so cool. I do yeah. remember that. I mean, he was like six foot nine, one of the most intimidating dudes you've ever seen. This, this gr- low rumbly voice singing to just the two of us i was like man we are crushing this too <laughs> um now their last wedding was performed by gene cooper as Catherine. can you share a memory of working with her either that day or just in general well i mean i think that day she was like what the fuck am i doing here uh- <laughs> <laughs> that's when we that's when we did the, we did like Man. a s- square dance on the roof, right? Yeah. So we would do this like. No, no, you know, that was that. The square dance on the roof was um, Daniel's wedding. 
Oh, that was Daniel's wedding. Yeah. Jeannie was at that one though, right? Yeah, she was there Okay, too. yeah. So that's the one very famously where as we went around, we were doing like a, I don't, a do-si-do or something where you go around and you link arms and you go around and every time she would come to me, she reached down and grabbed my junk. She was just like <laughs> teasing me, obviously, but she would just tap, you know, like, and I'm like, Jeannie, we're shooting. <laughs> she was the best. I loved her so much. She had the dressing room that's literally right next to me, these very thin walls, and I could hear her screaming and going on in there and laughing and cackling. Man, I miss that. She was just, she was life of the party, man. She was the best. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I have a lot of genie stories. I don't think I can... Um, uh, Listen, I just said to everyone that she grabbed my junk. So I think I feel like any line has been crossed. You set the bar kind of low, maybe. <laughs> well, I'm not the only one she well, did that to. There were other dudes on the show that also got that. But it was a sign, it was, you know, of endearment. Like if she, if she really liked you, yeah. she would, you know, let you know in a very creative way. She never, by the way, she never grabbed my junk, just so you know. Well, maybe she liked me better. <laughs> well, Nick and Phyllis, in addition to, you know, marriage and divorce, have also had a child, little Summer, who's now all grown up, played by Hunter King. Uh, can each of you speak to what your relationship with Hunter is like off camera? Oh... Uh, Josh, you want to go first? Uh, sure. Uh, you know, Hunter is like my real daughter. Um, I'm just like so, so in love with her. And uh, I care about her so much. And I just, I'm, you know, you know, she's turned into an incredible young woman. And, uh, you know, I've got, we got to see her grow up, you know. And, uh, you know, we're, she's at an age now where I can, my, our teasing has turned into a much more adult way. Um, which I'm greatly enjoying, but, uh, you know, she's an incredible young woman. I couldn't be more proud of her and, uh, I just love her to pieces. Uh, it's funny when we were separated, I mean, I was texting, you know, Hunter and I would text back and forth and we had this running theme where I always try to come up with new fancy ways to kill her and let her know. And, uh, she, uh, and finally about like you know month three of being shut down i said i can't even mess around anymore i don't have a creative way to kill you i just want to hug you and make sure you're okay and she sent me back like a crying emoji and i'm like and you know like even that since we've been back like i can't hug her and you know so it's it's hard but um she's she's an incredible woman and everyone in this studio loves her pieces so uh, she's she's going she's going places, man. She's a winner. Uh, Same. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, your, your turn. <laughs> Same. That's all. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, well, when she first came on, I worked with her. Then didn't work with her for six years, right? So I worked with her, I think, for for about six or seven months, and then six years didn't, and um, and then came back on. And, um, and you never know what the relationship is going to be like, right? Um, but having worked with her before, and we, it was like, we just fell right into the same thing that we had had. She's just, she's so lovely. And well, I mean, she's so lovely, Hunter. And she's so amazing and smart. And, and but not only that, you know, the way that they, 
that there's an aspect to the Summer and Phyllis relationship that there's, and now I, I, I really want to be specific about this because I, it's not that my daughter is like Summer, okay? But there's there's a uh, wild childness um, uh, to my daughter and Summer that is very similar. So sometimes I literally feel like I'm talking in Italia when I, I'm in a scene talking to Summer, right? And so I really, it's a very weird thing. I can really, like, again, I'm crying, um, endow uh, uh, Hunter and Summer, like with my own daughter. It's kind of bizarre, but um, there are similarities uh, with, with Hunter and the Summer character and, and my own daughter. I shed nary a tear talking about it. Not <laughs> one. Oh, but what a, you know, she's so beautiful. We love her. And, you know, I, when she won her first Emmy, I guaranteed you could go back on Twitter and the day we shot it, once we shoot something, it airs like three weeks later. And I came right in my room and I said, Hunter King just won an Emmy today. Mark my words. And she did. I mean, she's that talented. And she's uh, she's incredible, and we're very very lucky to have her. And can I also say, really professional? Like I, I refer to them as the babies. All the twenty year olds, I refer to them as the babies, right? So all the babies on our show, um, they're so professional, and like it really like uh, busts up this um, opinion of the millennials that that one that uh, these guys are completely on point, know every single line, know your line. I'm very impressed with our babies. Yeah, I watched them too. And there were nothing, like my squad was me and Eddie Sibrian, Julianne Morris and Sharon. And, you know, we were all took our jobs very seriously, but I know for a fact, we weren't as professional as the group of young people we have now. Like they're just, they're really, really solid. So in terms of your own working relationship, when it comes to how you approach your scenes, is your process similar or different from one another? <laughs> they, they're very different. Uh, Michelle will be like, hey, do you want to run these? Uh, we're up in four scenes. I'm like, yeah, let me go read them. I'll learn them. And then we will uh, we'll meet and, and do that. <laughs> but I can't, run, I can't run the lines until I learn them. So uh, I just, I don't know. I got, I'm a very... Uh, kind of last minute kind of guy when it comes to that. But, um, you know, we run lines and, uh, you know, we, we, we get it going. But again, I don't love running lines with her because I don't want to see what she's going to do. I like to see, I like to be kind of be surprised with it. Some days you have to, if there's a ton of dialogue, you're like, we just got to run it. But um, I, I like to, I like to be surprised by what's going on out there. Yeah. And don't, don't get confused. Like Josh is painting a picture of himself as a tool and um, don't the shiniest <laughs> tool in the shed. No, but it's um, he's he. I mean, God, he's been playing the role for over twenty five years, and he, like he he gets it. So like, and and all there's also there's a rhythm to when you've been playing it that long to how they write the character that you know. So so it's not like he's unprofessional and doesn't know. Like he he just quickly can can get it together but like one of the the great thing about josh is that uh, he 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 um wants to 
make it fresh when you're on stage. And like, so a lot of times we don't run stuff and I feel like that too. I kind of want to, I don't want to go over it a bunch of times, like if with no change, unless it's, unless it's very particular writing. Um, and I have to say things that I, you know, about development and archeological digs and stuff like that, then, then I have to run it with the other person. But, but Josh is, you know, he's, he, he's like a good improviser too. Like he, he's a, you know, on your feet kind of guy. And I think it, it creates a bit of a challenge, more of a challenge for him too, which makes it fun. I just said that for you. Thank love. you. Thank you. Can we go back to insulting each other again? No. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, what is something that you could tell us that you think people would be surprised to know about Joshua? Well, like I said, years ago, he's not that surprising. Uh, <laughs> I said that in an interview one time. I'm like, I don't know. He's not that surprising. Um, that um, Wow. That people would be surprised to know about Josh, right? About him. Okay. Um, oh, oh, there are a couple things, but I don't know what, I don't want to say what they are because it might be too personal. Shoot. Um, uh, you know, listen, this is not surprising, but it is really something very interesting about him. He is truly, truly, and to understand Josh, he is, he is an Oklahoma boy forever and always. He's not a Hollywood guy. He's not, you know, he's the real deal. Like if you're at a party with a bunch of like um, really phony balonies, you would be uh, lucky to be at the table with Josh really, because he's never going to be that guy. He's never going to be slick. Um, he's just not going to be that, that creepy guy who turns into like a Hollywood guy. And I mean, you could throw a stone and find one here, not necessarily, not necessarily here at Young the Restless, but here in Hollywood. And so I don't think people would be necessarily surprised to know that, but, but it's, um, it's, it's who he is like, and also just to understand that when you work with him, like, you know, he's of the earth, you know, he's a, a real, a real guy. Nice. God, Josh. <laughs> it really seems like I like you. You're like, we are tight. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. This is really, really confirming uh, Joshua's, suspicion that he it's would true. love working with him. <laughs> that sound great. <laughs> I'm not slick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, thanks, Stafford. Uh, well, Joshua, something surprising we wouldn't know about Michelle. Oh, the, the, no. honestly, the most surprising thing, and you've kind of gotten, uh, you know, just kind of like little, little, little hints at it in this because she's such a crybaby, but, uh, She's very sensitive woman. Like her character uh, kind of comes across as this badass, you know, uh, you know, she, you know, take life by the tail. You know, she just, she's just like electric out there, you know, but um, she has a really big heart. Like she gets touched by a lot of things and she can get very emotional very quickly about like obscure things that when we're talking, you know, and uh, and just shows she's got a lot of empathy. She's a very caring person. And that's what, uh, you know, maybe a lot of people don't get because of the, the person and the persona that she puts on TV. But she's 
She's she's a very sensitive woman. Oh God, we're we're fantastic. God, we're amazing. You guys are amazing. In case you haven't told each other. Um, now, the specter of Sharon and Nick's long history with her has always loomed large over this couple. Obviously, Sharon's going through a very personal battle right now. Is there any, you know, concern that Nick will be drawn back to her? Does Nick have concern? Does Phyllis have concern? There's always a threat of that, just based on the the history and kind of the way soaps go. Um I, I do, and again, I don't know, I don't want to know future story, but this seems a little different this time because, you know, Nick seems to constantly be promoting Ray to Sharon and he really respects Ray and, and what he is providing her. So, um, you know, I, I could be totally wrong on that, but it doesn't, it's the, the game plan seems to be that Nick is really counting on Ray to, uh, to kind of, be that rock for her and Nick will obviously uh, do everything he can to help. But, um, you know, I think he's pretty into Phyllis at the moment and they're kind of trending in the right direction. Um, But, you know, there's always that threat. I mean, Nick can't ever seem to turn the page on Sharon and uh, who knows? I I don't know for sure, but uh, if I was a betting man, I wouldn't say it goes that route in this story, but you know, it certainly will happen in the future at some point. I think it's a really interesting, you know, more interesting than Phyllis just being jealous of Sharon, which, God, I mean, I played for five years, right? Four or five years, like always. But I I also chose to play that because I felt that it was very real when you have an affair. Not that I ever have done this, but I've seen it when when people have affairs and then they break up a marriage and then they're together the the prior wife or prior husband is always a threat and it, it there it's almost like part of the the relationship and because of how it went down i just always wanted to add that phyllis was threatened by sharon and because i just felt it's it's more real right and um but i think now you know because there's been a lot of time and there's been uh, different storytelling within this, right? Um, I mean, we started telling that story in 2006 or maybe, or 2007? No, 2000, 2000 something. I think that characters, just like I was telling you one time, Stephanie, about the way Phil dresses, right? Like a character has to evolve. And so it's like, you can't keep on playing. You're jealous of Sharon. Yeah, he just... Like the character has to finally evolve. What I think would be interesting is if Sharon and Phyllis actually be, uh, had a bond of some sort, you know, through through the cancer storyline. I think that would be interesting just as a woman that these two women who have been at odds over this man um, and over betrayal found some sort of commonality through through the cancer. I mean, or or feeling Sharon as a threat, but oh my God, I can't feel that because she's sick. She's sick right now. You know, I, I think all of it is a very, is very interesting to, to play. Um, and I, I hope to have scenes with Sharon and, um, and, and see, you know, what, what comes of it now. Well, before we let you go, we know uh, that why and our viewers across the land, ourselves included, are cheering the show's comeback. What can you tease about what viewers can expect 
for your characters as YNR returns to the airwaves. Lots of sex, lots of touching. No. Lots of six foot sex. <laughs> I'm glad they chose you, babe. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, since there's no touching, I'm trying to uh, figure out other ways like to entice um, Nick as Phyllis, you know, like, gosh, okay, we're, we're not going to be making out. So I got to like, play this up somehow. I mean, you really have to um, be creative, you know, how you do stuff, you know, because you, you still want to give what the relationship is, but we're, we can't touch and, and these characters touch all the time, you yeah, know? It's, it's, so, it's, it's interesting having to, to do that. Uh, you know, uh, these characters are very physical with each other. So um, yeah. Uh, but you know, as far as like where the story's going, I think Nick and Phyllis are in a really good place. You know, obviously there's a lot of outside elements like Sharon's illness and, um, her Phyllis's ever present, uh, war with Abby. And, uh, you know, there's so, you know, who knows, are they going to be able to, uh, you know, weather all these storms around them and keep going? I mean, summer's back with Kyle, which Nick doesn't like. So, uh, you know, it's like, uh. You know, will 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 their will their their interest in each other be able to get past all of this other stuff? That is the question. As far as I'm concerned, the answer is yes. Yes. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we certainly look forward to seeing how it all plays out. And thank you both so much for joining us today. It was great to talk and see you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. We appreciate all you guys are doing. All right. Thanks. And have a great day. You too. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Michelle Stafford and Joshua Morrow for being our guests. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.